I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Bet MGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with Bet MGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 when you bet $10 on an MLB game and either team hits a home run. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500 Goldilocks Productions broadcasts universal cosmic frequencies that unlock, awaken, and expand the consciousness of our worldwide viewers and listeners. Explore secrets of the universe with show host Sherry Sage Zimmerman. Navigate between the worlds of both the physical and the spiritual planes of existence. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Secrets of the Universe. Um, I wanted to talk briefly about some new thing that we're doing for the show. It is called doing a super chats. If you're on the YouTube channel um, watching from there, you can do what's called super chats. And I want to offer that the first person that does a super chat, I'm going to give a free reading to, and I'll get back to you and we can discuss if you want to do it privately or if we can do it on air here, um, possibly next week. So um, I want to put that out there. And today's show, we have a wonderful woman named Michelle Granberg, and she's been a longtime activist for um, the animal uh, queendom. I like to call instead of kingdom. <laughs> so she's going to help us understand much more about 
what a vegan lifestyle is about and how she got into this work. So I'm very excited to introduce her and bring her into our show to really educate us about what's going on in the world. This is something that's been really on my mind actually for a couple decades. So I'm really excited to be able to uh, introduce her and um, have her share how she got into this and, and some good information. So welcome to Michelle. How are you? Hey, Sherry. Thanks for inviting me on your show. Yes. Yeah. So I just want to start with how, you know, what it's what it's all about for you and how you got started. Yeah, sure. Um, well, you know, sort of within the theme of your show, I'm a very spiritual person. And, you know, for a living, I sort of guide people to awaken spiritually and sort of you know, within my own journey, uh, improving as a person, I'm a mindset coach and a healer and a meditation teacher. But today I'm here with a message about the animals, speaking up for the animals, advocating for the animals, being a voice for the animals. We as humans, because animals certainly have voices, but we don't speak the same language. Um, so I'm a vegan for the past five years, and I'm an, about an activist, uh, animal rights activist for the past uh, four years or so. I'm a mentor with the Animal Activism Mentorship, which you're familiar with, with. Mm -hmm. um, and I regularly participate in animal rights um, activism. And activism is basically getting out there, being active um, with a message with a hope to change. Um, and, and animal rights activists have a big mission because we're really fighting an uphill battle because there are so few vegans in the world and so few animal activists. But nonetheless, our, our mission is to really change the world um, for animals so that all humans care for non-animals um, and, and act from a place of kindness and empathy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know it's a subject, like I said, it's been on my heart and my mind for many, many years. And, you know, I, there's part of me that still, it's amazing of how we, how conditioned we are, you know, that that was what you did as a child. You know, you went to the table and that's what was presented. And that's that was those years, right? The 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, and it's, it's amazing how you just get conditioned. And I think, yeah. you know, what always kind of kept hitting me is once in a while, I would come across a really good book. Actually, I couldn't read the book all the way through because it was so painful. That's how painful it was for me. So, you know, the whole idea of, you know, really recognizing what it is we're doing besides somehow trying to break that conditioning you know, and I think that's what it's about, right? It's breaking that conditioning. Yeah, it's 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 all conditioning. And it's conditioning that goes completely against who we really are. Absolutely. When we're born, when we're babies and throughout our childhood, up until that conditioning really seeks in, we naturally love animals. If we're near an animal, we want to touch mm -hmm. them. We're fascinated yeah. by them. We connect with them as children. That's our natural yeah. instinct to see the, the, the sameness and the oneness in animals. Yeah. You know, I think that's why yeah. parents will buy, you know, little stuffed animals for their children because mm -hmm. they have such a connection. Yeah. And you're right. The, the unfortunate thing is that natural inborn innate 
instinct to love animals and see them as equals is is conditioned out of us. It is brainwashed out of us to the point to which we're actually consciously justifying what yeah. we do yeah. to animals. Now, a lot of people will say they love animals, but I would challenge that in a loving yes. way. I would yeah. challenge that to say what they really mean is they love their companion animals or they love the animals they see maybe outside or maybe they love, they think they love the animals that they see in the zoo. Boy, right? But, but what they're leaving out of the equation when they're talking about love, love, is they're leaving all of the other animals, all the farmed animals and all the aquatic animals completely out of the picture. They are completely ignored and and um, and cast aside and minimized yeah. and marginalized. Yeah. You know, billions of land animals are killed every year. Trillions mm -hmm. of aquatic animals, sentient wow. beings, all of them, sentient wow. beings are killed yearly. Mm. And nobody's no. talking about it or doing anything right. about it. No, and I think that's a really good point because I think, you know, for me, even years ago when I lived briefly in West Virginia for a short time, I was very shocked at, you know, of course they do a lot of deer hunting. And I thought, how strange. You go into a lot of their homes and they have these beautiful pictures of deer, you know, sceneries, paintings on the wall. And I'm thinking, wow, you've got these beautiful pictures of deer, but you're shooting and killing them. So it, it was really, really, you know, and of course, I would always usually get the remark, you know, um, that that's something that humans have always done. It was always, you know, even though it's really not survival anymore. So I don't, you know, I don't know where that can fit in anymore because it's not about that. Um and I think the other part that I think about is, yeah, we have a really a two-sided thing going on where we say we love animals and yet we somehow out of sight, out of mind, you know, if we don't see them, like we don't make that connection. I know on some deep level, I know that there's a reason I was not born in the country. Where, and I love the country. I'm really drawn to the country, country living. And I know that I would never be able to handle as a child seeing animals, you know, even just being killed, even if they were raised kindly. And that's the other debate. Well, you know, these eggs or these this food comes from a farm that's, you know, more organic and they treat their animals really well. It's so it's, it's really, yeah, it's really a mind. I don't want to see the, say the word, but it's a, it's a mind screw in a way. You know what I mean? Because you're kind of like living in, in two separate worlds. Like, you know, we're actually saying, well, these are okay because, you know, this chicken is organic. So it's almost like a really, really diabolic. I, I, I just it is. It's, yeah. There's something, I don't want to use the word evil, but there's something just so, yes, so, so far removed from, yes. it's like the worst of us. No, I you know. Agree. I agree and, and, and in terms of that, and, yeah. and, you know, a lot of what we hear, the, the, the euphemisms that are used for animals, making us think of them as meat or food, when in the first right. place, animals aren't food in the first place, right. in the very first place, is marketing, you know, and, and at, you know, big industries, meat and animal agriculture industries, you know, trying to spin it because they know that what it really is, most people would not participate if we just simply use the right 
the right accurate words. Right. And it's, it's very it's very hidden from our view. And you're right. There's a there's some fundamental disconnect. Um, it's called cognitive dissonance between we. It's like we're saying two opposing things out of one side of our mouth and out of the other. Out of one side, we have all of our beautiful storybooks. Most of our childhood storybooks talk yeah. about animals, animals yeah. coming to life, animals yeah. talk, animals talking, animals animals communicating, and all of that wonderful stuff. And at the same time, people have a hamburger in their yeah. hand. And they're really not making the connection because the violence against animals has, has, be, has become so normalized that they're they're really not even thought of as victims, right? Mm-hmm. And the industries think of them as commodities, as mm-hmm. like objects. They're they're objectified. They don't have, mm-hmm. as if they don't have feelings. But I'm here to say, and I know you know this, Sherry, in mm-hmm. your heart of hearts, that not only do are do animals feel, they have a range, a deep range of emotions. They they have relationships. They make friendships. They have families, and absolutely, they feel fear. And they suffer and they feel pain. And those mm-hmm. reasons alone put aside everything else that could justify yeah. it. We're yeah. causing undue, unnecessary, because right. it's not out of survival. We can eat anything else. We do not have to eat animals any longer. Mm-hmm. Right? So add that undue, uh, that just unwarranted is causing yeah. pain and suffering, not just their death. The death. The death and then they're free. They are killed and then they're free after that. But is more so what keeps me up nights is the prolonged suffering in terms of yeah. the moment they're bred into yeah. existence, mm-hmm. they're captive, they're enslaved, and yeah. the, con- the conditions, I won't describe them. Let no, people, I, they, can, I, they can look it up for themselves if yeah. they want to. Yeah. Suffice to say it's a dark um, and, and disturbing yes. world. Yes. Uh, uh, the, well, the world of, of, of killing, slaughtering. And yeah, that, that's what it did to me. I mean, when I read this one book and I, you know, it's funny, I can't even remember the name of the book, but it was it was so horrific. I couldn't finish it because it was so it was dark. And I thought, wow, you know, and yeah. I think when you said a little earlier about we've come to normalize the violence, I, I, I want to go one step further. I think we almost have kept it hidden, even though it's not totally hidden. I mean, people kind of do have an idea. But in a way, it's also hidden because it's it's on these areas where most of the public don't go to. You don't you know, you don't take a day trip, you know, to go visit the slaughterhouse. You know, so I think that part of it is kind of hidden yes. in, in that regard. Yes, um, it's hidden in plain sight deliberately. Yeah, so. for, those, and for those that work there, I, I don't know how I, I, I couldn't. You know, what I mean, mentally, I, I don't know how you can live. Well, they have the highest, the highest um, degree of post-traumatic stress disorder and mm-hmm. depression, and even suicide and anxiety because, in in order to work there, they have to, you know, they have to compartmentalize their feelings. Yeah. But it's not really, yeah. it's not really possible to do that. So they're every day have to go in and look in the eyes of these, yes. these animals and they cannot show mercy. Yes. So they have to put aside, you know, that that part of themselves. So yeah. when, you know, when animal activists and vegans talk about, you know, um, animals, we're not just we want to save the animals. But in the same breath, we're also saving humans because it's not really people tend to think of it as one or the other. Either you're saving animals or you're saving people. And it's not really, we're all in this together. Yeah, right. You know, right. It's destroying right. the environment. 
you know, animal agriculture. And it is in it, it, it's it's I believe it's preventing us from evolving spiritually. Mm. I mean, there, there's some, there's something more at stake here. There's a broader yes. cost. How yeah. can we possibly evolve spiritually when evolving spiritually means seeing the oneness and the interconnectedness and treating right. each other as we wish to be treated and knowing that's not just a fun metaphor yeah. or symbolic. Yeah. It's literal. Yeah. We are one yeah. field of energy. Right. How can we evolve if we keep killing animals, if we keep that's killing them for fur? It's violence. Mm -hmm. It's justified in people's minds, but it's not justified. Right. What, what violence? How do you justify killing someone and there's some ones, not some things, right. who right. does not wish to be killed? Right. When did your uh, interest start? Like way back, where, where did it begin for you? How, how did you first get introduced to all of it? If you don't mind me Yeah, asking. no, 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 that's, that's fine. I mean, mine wasn't like a, a, it wasn't a huge aha moment. As I said, from the time I was a child, when I look back at my childhood, I remember being upset as well when I saw animals being harmed or read about it. Or even I remember that my father in the backyard was killing some ants. Mm. Ants, just ants, as people say. He, he wanted like to. My mother. My he mother wanted, yep. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I remember crying because yeah. it just didn't feel right, even though they right. were only ants. I felt their pain, and I've always felt that. You wow. know, I'm not desensitized. We don't want it. We want to have certainly some boundaries to protect ourselves emotionally. But at the same time, we want to have that's what empathy is, is feeling the feelings of others. Yeah. Right. So I remember that growing up that way. And that sort of led me to eventually most of my adult life. I've been I was a vegetarian and my mother was a vegetarian first. And so oh, I sort wow. of fo I followed. Oh, her wow. lead. Yeah, I followed her yeah. lead and vegetarian that that made sense to me. I don't want to contribute to the mm -hmm. harm. I want to do no harm. So I don't want to contribute yeah. to that. But I never realized until about five years ago that eating dairy, eggs um, and um, even even honey and that that was also leading to the same result, mm -hmm. that there really so, is no separation so between dairy and the meat industry. Right. How does the honey? I'm curious because I don't know enough about that. What is the difference of why the honey? Well, we're going to get into specifics. So, yeah. I, yeah. And I, I might not have all the specifics. That's so fine. No, that's I, fine. You know, I can direct people a little but But in general, why we say even honey, because it's the same as eggs to chickens. Okay. The eggs are, don't belong to us. Chickens' eggs don't belong to us. And we exploit them in order to get their eggs. In other words, we position them and force them in such a way that then we take something that comes from their oh, wow. body. Well, we wow. have really no right, again, to put our hands on them in the first place for some fleeting taste in our mouth. Same thing with the bees. And, and so the bees make honey naturally. And we take what they're doing naturally. We're, we're stealing it from them. And even though so we can say, oh, big deal. So what, what would happen with it? Like, I, I'm, I, I get the egg thing, but with the honey, like, so they create all this honey, and then what? What is its use then for? I don't for know. But it's, I I honestly don't remember. I don't. I'm honestly okay. Remember. But it's something they do naturally. So it's something for survival. It's something that they do. It's not for us. 
Right. And the other right. part, in order to have honey in such a mass, produce it in such a massive amounts, yeah. they after the bees make the honey, they smoke them. It's called smoking them. They bring smoke into the hives, which disorients them, which 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 is bad for them, which causes oh, them. That. Yeah, that they causes and that's just part of the exploitation. You know, so, you know, it, it's about having kindness for the smallest of animals right, because, right. because insects are animals. They right. are also sentient. They right. feel pain. They have nerve brains and nervous systems. I'll tell Why you that, cause pain to any other being? No, right, right. No, I, I totally agree. And I think where it started for me was when I was around eight years old. I think I might have told this story one other time in one of my shows, but my grandfather was a big fisherman, right? Back in the, oh my God, 50s, 60s. So this would have been probably late 60s when I was about eight years old. And we went out on the boat, my my father, my grandfather and I, and you know, it was a beautiful day and we're out fishing. It was just a really, it was really a nice time, especially since I grew up in a very rough childhood mm -hmm. uh, with my parents battling all the time. Um, so this was a nice day. However, I do remember very strongly to this day, um, the big bucket that my grandfather would have that, you know, when they caught the fish, you know, they would go into this bucket. And I remember distinctly seeing them moving around and obviously trying to breathe, you know, and I can remember as a child on the boat thinking, oh my God, because I do have breathing problems. I have a bit of an asthma thing that goes on from time to time. And I thought, oh, my God, you know, they, they can't breathe because, you know, as we all know, you know, from childhood, you know, fish have to be in the water. So that was part of it. And then we get back to the dock. And I had no idea this was coming. You know, my grandfather took the fish up to the end of the pier and started to cut it with the knife. The eyes cut the eyes. And when I saw the blood. I almost fainted right there, right there. I almost passed right out. I don't know how I did not because I was so close to passing out. And I think that was like my really first yeah. strong feeling of like, this doesn't seem right. You know, and it's yeah. I think a lot of people in the world, we do do this kind of dissociation into like you say, yeah. compartments and it's almost like, well, yeah, I, I don't eat animals anymore, but I still eat fish. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. fish. We, I, put, I, we I, put animals on different we do. We do. rungs of the ladder. Is it one that myself? I mean, and it's all it's all arbitrary. It is. It's crazy. It's really yeah. crazy. But then you know, then you you'll go back to the biblical days, you know, where Christ, you know, called the, the disciples who were fishermen. You know, that was their day and age where fish were, you know, a really big item. So it's really odd how we do have a tendency to you know, and I know most of the time, too, I had started a couple of years ago eating some fish because I was told by my medical doctor because of a birth condition I have from birth that I needed uh, what I could get from the fish, you know, substance that has something in it that's really good for health wise. So, you know, I because I, all my life I never ate fish. And that was probably because what happened, you know, when I was a child, I blocked out. I have never had any seafood. I've never had a piece of shrimp. Mm. I've never had, um, I don't know, lobster. I've never had that. So I've never eaten any of this. You know, tuna fish was the only thing I've ever really eaten. But that day, that day, I mean, it stands out so strongly. 
Yeah. yeah. And and if you felt traumatized, imagine what the animals feel. Yeah. yeah. Imagine what well, we're just, feeling. You, it's no. just a fraction. What yeah. we feel, yeah. you know, as a proxy for them, you know, as a stand in for them, even if we allow ourselves to feel that for just a moment is one iota and one fraction is just another perfect example that I'm sure almost everyone can look back in their childhood for yeah. that moment when that happened, when they were feeling great about life and all is well and we love animals. And then in, in front of them, they see it on their plate or they see it killed in front of them. Mm -hmm. And then we start to question ourselves and that natural compassion that yeah. we're born with starts to dwindle because yeah. here's the authority figures, our parents and other authority figures in our life demonstrating and modeling that it's okay. So we have to begin to think, well, let me yeah. question. It yeah. must be okay. And I really yeah. believe that we're poised for a shift, I hope, in mm -hmm. a different direction on a broader level because it, for me, it almost can't get any worse. Right. We're, the right. pendulum has swung such a far degree from who we are as compassionate and kind beings. I right. think crisis level. I think the lack of empathy towards, and you see it human to human lack of empathy too. We see it every day in the news, sure. we see it on social media. We see it in the streets now, right? The lack of empathy playing itself out almost like this huge drama, but mm -hmm. you also see it towards animals. So in order to, to reconcile our relationship with each other as humans, we also, also, also have to reconcile it, our relationship with animals, I feel like we have to ask them for forgiveness. What about all the animals who have died, who we've killed yeah, right. every right. day and everyone right. throughout history? Yeah, I, I don't we can't make that up to them at, at this point, except to ask for their forgiveness and to mm -hmm. begin to show mercy. Because who is mourning those animals? People right. are going to think this sounds ridiculous and extreme. I, I think that the killing is extreme. I don't right. think that kindness uh, it's interesting because is extreme. I think, I think it's so much amazing to me, and, and uh, including myself, how desensitized we've become. Because I remember, again, when I was in West Virginia, and I hate to keep bringing that state up, but there was a lot of it going on there. I remember a man that came into my shop. I was cutting hair at the time, and he brought in pictures the second time he came in wanted to show me these deer that he, he shot and killed, you know, which was horrific, especially when he told me he shot one in the leg and he was upset because it got away. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. So you shot it and not even killed it, which at least it would have been out of its pain. But now it's walking, limping around with a with a leg that's injured. So that, that didn't sit right. But what really scared me hmm. was he had a photograph of his, and this is a young guy, probably early 30s, he had two small children, his children in the photograph, a little boy and a little girl. And she could not have been more than five or six years old. And he's got her holding the head of a deer with blood dripping. Yeah. And I was like, like, I, I couldn't even believe he was showing them to me. Like he was proud of this. Yeah. And it's, that, it's, that, that's, you know, those moments when these things over the decades have hit me, I'm like, yeah, right. they, they stay right. with they stay with you. And if we don't, you know, most people don't question. A lot mm -hmm. of people don't don't often. And I mean this with love. They don't often question the status quo, you know. And so it's a legacy. It's, it's like we're passing on a legacy of, of violence. Yes. And because it's been yeah. passed down and passed down and passed down and passed down. Yes. No wonder we don't question it. No yeah. wonder it's so embedded into who we are because it starts so early. It starts before we have the, the cognitive 
and ability and the maturity to question it. And by the time we start to question it, it's often too far gone because it's tradition. No. Tradition and because it's always been done and because of convenience and because of habit. But these are the reasons. Are those all reasons for it to continue? Yeah. Just because it's been done for thousands of years or because it was done in the past? If we know better, we do better. That's right. what that's what evolving really is. It's when we, we say to ourselves, "Geez, we can do better than that." I mean, there was slavery. I'm, I'm I mean, right? Um, uh, thank goodness that that someone came and said, "Slavery because of your mm-hmm. skin color is not yeah. fair. It's not yeah. okay. It's thank, not moral." William Lincoln, one of my favorite. Thank questions. goodness, Emancipation yeah. Proclamation, and yeah. and that's beautiful. So that was done. Yeah. Now it is no longer, and of course, not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Now let's try to bring animals in terms of how it's a social justice movement. Right. Animal activists really see it in this bigger, broader context that it's the next big social justice movement. It's it's mm-hmm. a, again, it's a group of individuals right. who are suppressed and exploited and 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 killed and. Right. So I'm hoping, you know, what, 10 years, 20 years, 30, it's going to take a while. But that's really our vision is total animal liberation. Wow, Wow, that's excellent. And that's probably why we're starting to see more sanctuaries coming along with more coming out. Um, And it's funny you say that because I I also am very um, big minded when it comes to people that are still suppressed. Animals, there's no doubt. That's almost to me like something um, that's that's huge. And we also have people because I always tell people, especially people who are really spiritual and metaphysical, and I'm like, you know, they're all like, you know, we're going to be free or we'll be free. And I'm like, we'll never be free until the last person sitting in a mental hospital yeah. is no longer in a mental hospital. Yeah. I've spent most of my life in a mental hospital, and I'm like, we're not going to be free until the prison systems are no longer filled with people, you know? So I think that category, you know, I'm going to add that because I have not added that. Absolutely. That's another group that we will not be free. So no matter how evolved you think you may be at this point, and we all, you know, need to keep these things really aware. Yeah, absolutely. We need to look at those, those really vulnerable populations. Yeah, I mentioned on Facebook about, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working on becoming vegan, you know, and I put it on Facebook and the one woman's uh, one of the one of my friends who I don't know. Well, I just started friending everybody after the pandemic. I wanted to know everybody. So I, I friended so many people. She said, you're actually going to find that you your your energy gets higher. You yeah. actually your energy raises the vibration raises That's right. when you stop eating animals, which only makes sense to me. Right. Yes, it it makes absolute sense. Um, Again, if when we uh, from the energetic and the metaphysical, um, from from the quantum level of Mm -hmm. looking at of looking at this, where everything is energy, everything is energy, every thought, every word, every deed, every person, every animal is energy. And when you are ingesting, putting into the intimately putting another being into your body, yeah, which is what yeah, you're doing when you're yeah. eating or drinking their secretions, you're absorbing their energy. And so the, the the quality of the energy of the animals who have been terrified and and killed and suffered, they're still holding in the tissues and in the cells energetically that experience. And now you're absorbing that. And on top yeah. of that, you know, 
it's so gross when you really yeah. think of it. You're eating, I, a, I know, eating I know. a I know. cadaver, basically. I, I know. I actually, flesh. You know, my mind, I'm definitely one of those people. I'm definitely one of those people who have separated it. There's no doubt because of a couple reasons. I was, I was sexually abused as a child. And whenever you're sexually abused young, I was yeah. very young. Um, you, you, you really do compartmentalize. And I know that I cannot allow myself. I, I really, I can remember even younger eating chicken on a bone, which I won't eat chicken on a bone anymore because I see the veins. I, I actually, I, like, I can't, it's hard for me to think that you're actually eating an animal. I mean, it's like, my mind is like, it's hard for me to wrap around that, that you're actually eating the body. Right. And it's funny because we think about how horrible some of the mass murderers who have eaten human beings were like, oh, my God, you know, they're eating human beings. And we're like, yeah. kind of, that's what you're doing with animals. You know, yeah. you're people are not, thing, you know, that's the same thing. It's the yeah. same thing. And, and people are, are really not connecting those together. And it's it's again, it's the way that that it's the way it's packaged. It's the way yeah. that they're, they're packaging the message around, of course. And it's also the way the animals being served to us on a beautiful plate in a restaurant with all with sauce on it, or or at the supermarket encased. You know, you only you don't see the yeah. head, you don't see the eyes. You know, right. you just see what doesn't look like an animal and more yeah. underneath yeah. Yes. plastic. Yes, it's really important to talk about speciesism. Here. Okay. That's a really important um, concept for people to really get. And if, if folks are unfamiliar with speciesism, again, go ahead and look it up what speciesism is, because it's at the core of why this is happening. And it's the it's another ism like racism and sexism and that, you know, it's discriminating against a group, you know, and 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 having a two different sets of norms or two different right. standards. In other words, right. thank goodness in our country, we love dogs and cats. Do we not love our dogs and cats? We spoil them. We yeah. live with them. We feed yeah. them the best. We put little oh, sweaters no. no. sweaters on them. We sleep in our beds. If somebody was to harm our pets, we are right. a fanatic. I mean, we're we're ready to kill. I know, I know. Right. We defend yeah. them. We, we would defend our animals to, yes. with our dying breath. Yes. And we would never even, even in our wildest imagination, ever even think about harm coming to them. Never mind. But Here's a dog and here's a cow. Why? There's no actual reason other than that same conditioning and cognitive dissonance. It's called speciesism. Why we treat one, one with love, one animal, dogs and cats, and 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 do the, the opposite of love to cows, which are like big dogs. Right. And 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 pigs. And if you've ever, I really encourage people, one of the first steps to maybe going in this direction is to Go to a sanctuary, like you mentioned, a, a, a vegan sanctuary, please. Um, right now, it's difficult to do that, of course, but eventually, or check them out online. I'm sure there's more and more of them popping mm -hmm. up. One of the best ways to to go vegan and start to <clears throat> work to save the animals um, is to not start by not doing them harm. Get to know them as individuals, because it's too easy, out of sight, out of mind, to think, Pigs don't have personalities or they're just walking. They're just they're they're like robots, you know, and because we never see because we never allow them to unfold, you know, who they really are, because they never feel safe. And when animals don't feel safe, they shut down. 
So what you're seeing is just animals in the slaughterhouses and on farms that are really shut down. But in sanctuaries, they blossom and their personalities, because they're getting love yeah. and they're getting care and they act, they, they're wise. They know they're safe. The instant they get to a sanctuary, I've, you've seen the most amazing stories of what happens. Total transformation, wow. especially wow. animals that are rescued from slaughter and abuse or animals that have been tested on in laboratories, wow. going to sanctuaries and blossoming into these, these full multidimensional, just like people, personalities, right. and they have will and they're right. self-determined. And so go get to know an animal and then start to decide. Well, do I really want to keep perpetuating what's happening if I've now nose to nose, eyeball to yeah. eyeball, gotten yeah. to know a cow or a sheep yeah. or a fish? Yeah. Any. Well, you know, it's funny with the fish because I've always felt like I, I all the time I used to say to people, I'd rather see them swimming. I'd rather see them in the water swimming, you know, yes. so it's kind of. It's kind of funny. In their natural the habitat. Thing you're bringing up what people can start doing. Um, what are a few other things that people can start doing? And I also want you to give out whatever information you might have at this point. So we make sure everybody can maybe, I know there's a couple websites I went to that were really good. Um, I can't remember the woman's name offhand. That's kind of really big. She's written several books. Um, she's, you know, got even a program that you can take, which I plan on taking. I just can't think of her name offhand. I bought her book about three or four weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know all of them off the top of my head either because I have my list of growing resources. But but, you know, folks can definitely look that up. What, what I will rec and I'll, I'll make some recommendations here. Mm -hmm. But just to go back for a moment, because you mentioned about fish, there's a website called fishfeel.org. And I'd oh. love for people to just go. And it has all the science behind the fact that fish feel. That they're oh, wow. that they're aware that they're sentient. So it's that's fishfield.org. Fish it might be dot com, so try both. I'm not sure. Okay. It's either okay. fishfield.org and it has a ton of information on there. Take don't take it from me, take it, take it from the scientists. Yeah, sure, sure. But in terms of, you know, there's there's really kind of a couple of ways if you love animals and this message, what we're talking about today really resonates um, for you. One of course is to go vegan, which which there's lots of ways to begin to do that. And then once you become vegan, to get active for the animals. Mm -hmm. um, you know, going vegan is not, it, being vegan is not a diet. It's really a moral imperative. It's a way, it's a lifestyle and a way of being that is about kindness, means that all of your actions are, are cruelty-free, including what you wear and what you buy and what you eat. Um, and, and even the fact that animals are used for entertainment, not participating in those. And then the net, and then beyond that, getting active for the animals, you're going to want to, once you, once you let animals come out of your body and you don't put them in anymore, your energy shifts in such a way and your empathy grows and develops even more. And it's almost like you can't not, I couldn't not fight for the animals, you know, because every day they're in a living hell mm. and my life is really cushy. Every human, no human struggle. I absolutely get that. I, I help humans yeah. for, for a living. I also help humans. So I get there's lots of humans who are suffering. Mm -hmm. But but again, it's not a one or the other you know type of thing. And the way that we fight for the animals is through activism. Activism is getting off our chairs, getting off our seats, going out there or through social media to campaign and to advocate vocally, mm -hmm. um, you know, through protesting, 
again, if this resonates for people, there's lots of ways to get involved locally. Look up your local, you know, activism groups online. Um, so protesting is when you go out and you hold signs or you walk with banners with messages, powerful messages that people can can read. You know, we go out in front of different places to do this and and we march very often and we chant. You know, for right. example, I right. recently examples are I recently I just recently participated in like turkey protests around Thanksgiving. Let's stop killing turkeys. Those poor beings, how many of those die for no reason, for tradition? And and also there's a bear hunt in New Jersey that we're very, that activists are very much against. So we've been out protesting. So those are just examples. Mm-hmm. But we do more than just stand around with signs. We we do things like we bear witness. It's sort well, I find, I hold visuals. Yeah, I think one of the powerful things that I've been thinking, you know, I think I might have mentioned this before, a couple things. One is, I, you know, I know the word vegan is is the word that's used when you don't eat animals anymore. But for me, I feel like when I'm, when I'm at that point where I'm, I'm really totally not engaging in that anymore. For me, I say, I don't use the word vegan. I really, I have to say, I I don't eat animals anymore. Right. So I I feel like for me, it's got to be very clean cut. I don't eat animals anymore. And so it's not to me, vegan is too much of a nice name to use. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, stating what it is is probably more powerful do you know what I mean? and i don't do it to offend anybody but i have to do it for me do you know what i mean it's okay. more for myself so i think that's where i'm getting to i like know? that i like i like yeah. that and again it's, it's putting really yeah it's much more clear for me it's more clear i know it's everybody it is but for me it even really gets to the well, root there's a lot of misconceptions around veganism and when people hear the word they might not be on the same page that well, we, are. we can educate but I, I agree if you love animals you don't eat them pretty that's pretty right, simple right, right. love but animals i don't vegan, eat them is there a difference between vegan and plant-based diet are they the same or no well in my in my usage and, and most of us you use the words um, they're not interchangeable. Vegan is the whole lifestyle, as I said. Okay. Every, you take responsibility for every action and and as so best what, as what you can. Shoes you wear, so what plant book you wear, what clothes right. you wear, what shampoo you use, what has all, it every product, all the products, and, okay. and not wearing leather and fur, of course, and those and those types of things, not wearing wool, those okay. types of things, because all those things are exploited exploitative and and harmful to animals but plant-based is is what is what it is plant-based having a eating plant-based means that everything on your plate was derived from a plant nothing was derived from an animal it's not an animal or an animal byproduct so we you never get into and i know this is out there and it's probably going a little bit too far but i guess that's where my mind likes to go so when i think about plants and i was thinking just about this the other day you know, we all know plants are alive, right? We all know they're they're doing their thing in the universe. They're growing. They're alive. But it's not the same because it doesn't have all the the more literal components that animals have that humans have. Is that right? Well, you know, on a, on a very obvious level, it's really obvious. When you look at it, if you have a carrot and you cut that carrot, it doesn't try to get away and it doesn't bleed and it doesn't it doesn't say anything. Right, right. 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 And, and animals, obviously, it's minimizing the animal's experience to even the compare pain. it to. The pain, right. Yeah. Right. So plants are not conscious or sentient. OK, so so th- so they grow. They're alive and they grow. They, they respond to light and they respond to nutrients. And, and they definitely 
you know, um, have an aliveness to them all their own, you know, but it's, it's, it's often what not, what folks who are sort of against veganism will use as a debate or, or a pushback, right, you know, right, well, plants right. are hurting, you're hurting plants. So, you right. know, so as if that's, that's sort of an aha, right. you know, a gotcha, right. a gotcha right. moment. Right. I got right. you vegans. You're, but right. actually more plants, if we care about plants, which we want to care about plants, more plants are grown and used to feed the animals that are then killed. All the animals, the billions and trillions of animals that are that are killed all the time are have to be fed plants. So if we stop doing that, we would stop growing so many plants. We would stop ruining the earth the way all the land that has to be destroyed to put these huge, 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 you know, factory farming places existing. It would be so much better, you know, all the way around. And, Right. I would say I would say that animals do not have a sacred agreement to be eaten. They don't want to be eaten. Right. Right. But but I would say that that plants have more of a sacred agreement to, you know, to what be, to be. I, I never yeah. thought of it that way. That's a good way of putting it. I never thought of that. A sacred agreement to actually be part of the universe's food supply for human mm -hmm. beings. That's a good way to put it. I'm glad to to hear that. I mean, not that I I didn't feel that about it. I just felt there's, you know, they're also alive and, you know, um, obviously some people, you know, feel that, you know, the more you care for them, the more they grow. And, you know, so I, I yeah, and to me, animals, it's so much more a friend of mine who's moving into this as well. Um, she said, I don't want to eat anything that has a face anymore. Right. You know, she said, I just feel like, you know, that's it's not right. It's not good. So, yeah, I, I think this is a great thing. I, I really was excited to have you on this way because I wanted to bring this, especially when we get talking about, you know, on, on one hand, and I don't want to get too strong about what I'm going to say here, but on one hand, when we talk about there are humans who just don't have any regard for um, that kind of thinking but when you start talking about the world of how supposedly evolved we are and, and so many people I come across on the planet that I'm always connecting with are usually people that are in the spiritual or metaphysical world. When we're talking about that group of people, which is huge, right? It's monumental how many people are in the spiritual realm. Uh, we know this. I know this because after the year 2000, once the year 2000 hit, we've had more psychic medium shows on TV and on radio. I mean, it's just gotten huge. It's, it's like the cat's out of the bag now. There's no more. There's just no more, you know. So everyone, there's a large amount of people on the earth right now that are into spiritual, you know, growth and evolving. So I think it's amazing how 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 many there are really that are in that thinking and yet are still like me have been eating animals. Um, I know the only reason I had, which I don't feel is the best excuse, but it is the one I, only one I have, is because I spent most of my life in and out of mental hospitals. Mm -hmm. I've never been able to even get myself organized, literally, in a in a living space for very long, you know, with over a period of time where I'm back in the hospital again. So it was kind of like that was like not the most strongest thing. But, you know, and then I also wonder because I hear a lot lately about how if you weren't eating animals, actually, you would have probably been on another level. Not totally because my my mental health stuff came from 
Mm. Some darker resources. Um, it came from more of a darker energy that was attacking me. Um, and I think, you know, still people they say who are eating animals are actually either sick more or don't recover as quickly because they're eating animals. So I'm just wondering the people in the world of spirituality and, and metaphysical, how many are really still feeling like that there's not that connection for them? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I've, I've observed the exact same thing. Yeah. And it, it, I want to say it boggles my mind, I guess, but I guess it doesn't bother my mind because they're human. But there's absolutely, you would almost assume that folks who are on what they believe is a spiritual path, that this would be the next logical, next step for them. No, and just a natural coming. extension no. that it makes no. sense. I'm on this path yes. to yes. peace and love and joy how, for how all. Can you, how can you separate that? Yeah. It shows yeah. you how strong yeah. Yeah. cognitive dissonance and, and, and the brainwashing really is that they don't even question it. They don't think twice about what's on their plate. Yes. Kindness starts on your plate, as we say. And wow. so so there's lots of activists who aren't necessarily spiritual, but they're they're 100 percent in oh, for the wow. animal. And there's that. lots right. of spiritual people right. that I that I know that are just continuing to eat animals, you know, and dairy. And they're not even vegetarian um, or vegan. And they're not bad people. Of course, they're not being pure. They're just it's not even their fault necessarily. Right. You know, we all had we all had for lengths of time where we, it didn't it didn't click and dawn on us either and so my hope is that with this spiritual shift this this is what will it's like a domino effect mm. it's like a house of cards as we awaken spiritually and we once again remember who we are as these divine beings that that can't not have us look at everything as divine including right. spiders and cows and pigs and snakes and all of that and that some at some point we will wake up no, it will no. click for people no. and they'll say oh my gosh i'm part of it yes oh yes. my god i'm yes. actually paying yes. people and how can you not realize that no i, I agree. am it's I'm almost funding like it. it it's like the big white elephant in the room right 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 i think that i brought up real quick and i i did want to bring that back to about the spiritual because i think that's really important i mean i expect that from somebody who may not have that kind of thinking or understanding about maybe spirituality but it's really hard to go there with people and i'm including myself here but a couple of things come to my mind. My mother, like you, would not kill a bug. Now, I have a big fear of, of bugs, creepy crawl. I can't, like, I, I go into a huge, so I know it's a past life ordeal. I know this. I haven't looked into it, but I have a really good psychic medium working with. I'm going to get to that on my next question with her. Because I, I'm okay if they were all gone. I, I, I can't handle them crawling on me and, you know. My mother was like you. She wouldn't didn't want to kill an ant. She would put bugs outside the door. I'm like, I'm like, I, I won't. I wouldn't a lot of times go to her house because I, I unless she has a pest control. You know, that's how much my fear is, right? So that's one thing. The other thing is, is I am seeing myself writing a book. At least before I pass from this earth, I see myself writing a book and putting it a children's book and putting it into the far future or for saying once upon a time, you know, we ate animals or humans ate animals, you know, and doing a whole storyline for children yeah. uh, because I almost feel like I feel that coming for myself where I know it's been something on my mind where I need to write that book, the children's book, you know, of, of that, about that, because I don't think there's any children's books that I know of yet. And maybe there are, there are, 
Is there in the vegan world? Okay, okay. But please do that. We need your contribution. Yeah, yeah. Reaching the children especially. Oh, no, no. And I think that's to me and where a lot of it has to begin is breaking some of those outdated ideas of, you know. Um, yeah. I, no, I, I, I can't thank you enough. And if there's anything else that you want to contribute at this point, because we're getting close to the end here, that is there any way people can reach out? We still have another five to 10 minutes, but do you have sure. any, any way anybody could reach you if they want yes. to? Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. For sure. I am here to help people. This is my, my life's mission. So um, let me mention a couple of names um, that people can follow. Some the people that I follow who are so inspirational to me on this journey of veganism. One is Earthling Ed. So you can look him up on social media. You can look for his website. You can follow him on YouTube, Earthling Ed. Also, Dr. Will Tuttle, Dr. Will Tuttle, who's written a book called The World Peace Diet. Read his book, please. Um, and, and follow him as well um, on YouTube. Also go to, I mean, go, if you want to learn more about activism, go to um, the save, you know, the save movement.org, go to anonymous for the voiceless, um, go to PETA, go to the humane society of America. Those are great folks to follow. And the organization that I'm with that we met through, which is AAM animal activist mentorship.com. That's a program that you can get involved in, um, as well. And as for myself, my website's michellegranberg.com. I do a lot of different things, but one thing I do is a free service, absolutely no obligation free services. I do go vegan coaching sessions. So I'll hand, I'll hand hold you through the process of going vegan and help you get really strong about why you're doing it and all of the benefits and meet you where you are in terms of assisting you over what you feel are the hurdles to the other side to get you really more in alignment with your morals and your ethics and what you're about in the world. Um, so that's something people can reach out to me for that. The yeah, last I do, thing I'll, I do want to say, I, I actually have started with you and we're going to hopefully keep having a few more. We've only had one session. I want to, I want to say just from my experience with you, Michelle, what I found besides the education, which is what I was looking for, I really I needed the education and still do. But I found that you're so more compassionate where you're not judgment. And I think a lot of people in this area, and you know, I'm getting the chills as I say this right now. Um, I think a lot of people down deep in their soul know, really know that this is the right thing to do. Right. But I think the guilt, including myself, the guilt of knowing of what you have even contributed yourself, right? I think there's that fear and a fear of being judged. I agree. And I think that's one thing I'm really grateful to you. Oh, thank you. Is that I didn't feel that with you. I felt like you were you were kind of like when you just said, you know, I'll meet you where you're at. No judgment. It's yeah, no like, judgment. I, I get, how can we help you on this higher path? You know? I get it. It's a path judgment. of kindness. I want to be kindness, yes. you know, to everyone yes. because, you know, the light bulb can go off at yes. any and any moment, and, and the guilt is about looking in the rearview mirror. Yeah. And and guilt is, I don't want to say it's it's not really productive after a while, but guilt comes up for a reason. It's it's like a red flag waving and saying something you're not in alignment, something's going on that is that is incongruent or hypocritical within you. And let's look at that without judgment, so yes. that you can start over now and and go forward. That's 
Yes. You know, that's, you know, humans have endless, boundless, infinite potential to change on a dime. You know, I mean, making the changes is a gradual thing, but the awareness can shift and never go back to the way that it was. Wow. You know, again, wow. so, gosh, if we ju keep judging one another, it's judgment yeah. that causes yeah. conflict. That's where all yeah. conflict is coming from. The, the yes. other, we're making you the other. It's yeah. me and you, me and yeah. you, the other, the othering of yeah. Other and people. I think maybe I think maybe and you know, most people that come on my show, I mean, majority of all people that come on my show, Michelle, I have them back because I like people to get to know them. So you and I will step into this again. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't mind you being a regular, you know, guest. Yeah, but I'd love to. Here we'll step into it again because I want to get a little bit more into. Maybe how do how do people to help them, you know, when it comes to responses, when people you go to people's homes or situations where, you know, how do you approach that? So that's one. But I want to say a couple more things. I'm into this program called Bright Line Eating, which the reason I love that um, vegan is not um, they still have a lot of sugar in their cooking and a lot of flour. And I'm really stepping out of the sugar and flour. I, and very little do I use. So I found this online on YouTube is vegan bright line eating, which is excellent because now it's no longer the animals, but it's no longer sugar and flour. And so for those out there that are really looking for a good program, bright line eating is great, but there's actual recipes out there for vegan bright line eating. So I'm really excited about that. Oh my God. Recipes so are plentiful. I've a lot of good recipes from it's called loving it vegan. Hmm. I think it's loving it vegan.com. So you might want to check it's.com or.org. I'm not which, which one, but loving it vegan has great recipes for, I, I, I get things off of there all the time. One more thing before we go, I do want to say my mother was so big about not separating mother and child. Because my mother's work with reuniting adoptees all over the world. Mm -hmm. She actually went to prison for her work. So um, she would not even like the cat when our cat had kittens. She didn't even like like separating them and having them go to different homes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how, you know, my mother was very tuned into the animal world, you know. But she was very strong about she doesn't like animals being separated from their offspring, you know. So I want to thank you. This has been a great show and I can't wait to have you back again after the first of the year. We'll keep doing this. Maybe the end of January or February, we'll do this again. So thank you, Michelle. I really appreciate it. And anybody out there that wants to get a hold of Michelle, her website is right up there on the screen that you can, oh, look how sweet. I just wanted, what's his name? This is Electra. Ah. And I just woke her up so she could just say hello and goodbye oh, to you and to and to your audience. Oh yes, we love the animal world, so that's good. We'll see. We'll see her again after the first of the year. She's so cute. Oh my gosh. Well, thanks, Michelle, for educating us and and helping us understand what's going on, especially in the, in the realm of the spiritual and the metaphysical world. I think thank it's you for really having amazing. me. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Glad, I'm glad you have this platform. I do. I am too. I'm very grateful for it. Very grateful. Once you've been mentally ill and been labeled, you really don't have a voice in a lot of things. So this has given me really a wonderful opportunity to be able to awesome. bring people like you on and really help us to really see what we're doing, you know, and open up to a whole new understanding of the world. So thank yeah. you. Thank you, Michelle. We'll thank talk you. again real soon. Look forward to it. All right. Take care. 
All right. That's another show on Secrets of the Universe. I hope you enjoyed the immense uh, understanding that Michelle was bringing to us of, you know, just really taking a, a deeper look into the things that we're doing day by day, since food is obviously a very important part of our lives and what we're teaching our children, um, how we're raising our children to think. Um, are, are we still raising our children to have these two different ideas that it's okay to love them and, and um, see books about animals and then we go and eat them. So it's very powerful. Um, it's a very powerful subject and um, we, we don't do any judgment here. So this is just kind of opening up that understanding. So I'm going to thank everyone for being on the show and we'll see you again next week for our final week before the holiday break. So thank you for watching the show. And as always, follow the path so divine for you, designed for you. Take care. Become a Goldilocks Productions VIP patron. Receive exclusive access to live stream special and other epic perks. Join the Goldilocks Productions VIP community today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.